Welcome to Two Slices, a simple podcast with a couple of guys. I'm Sean. And I'm Roger. And we're here to serve you up our thoughts on what we're reading, what we're thinking, and what we're up to. Let's see where we go from here. Thanks for joining us for The Slice. All right, and we're back, and it is episode six of Two Slices Podcast. How you doing, Sean? Good, good. How you doing, Roger? I am doing well. It's good to have you in the booth in the studio this week. And uh, man, if somebody is tuning in to Two Slices for the very first time, what is this podcast all about? So what we try to do is Roger and I are friends, and we tend to be kind of um, thoughtful in the things that we're going through. And uh, it's going to be stuff of what we're reading. I know you guys probably heard the intro, what we're thinking, what we're up to. But it's it's really just kind of the stuff that we're going through in life that we might be seeing, being a part of, witnessing, cool things that we're taking in, media. Roger, it, you are just you know super immersed in the world of media um, yeah. for so many reasons. A lot of you don't know this, but Roger actually has a movie review podcast too. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're just, you know, we love talking about those sorts of things. So if you're tuning in, you know, it's really what we're going to be talking about a lot. And we both carry a, a, a Christian world lens. Um, yeah. And that just comes through a lot too, as, as we, as we discuss things. Yeah. We're just a couple guys that love God, love Jesus and love, we have things that we're really interested in. We like to talk about it. We have our own struggles, our own issues. And, you know, a lot of those we've overcome and went through and came out good on the other side. Some we're still working through, and we just want to share some of those thoughts with you. So hopefully you can connect and resonate with some of the things we're talking about. So Yeah, and, and yeah. so sometimes we've you and I were talking about this, that our, some of the things we're talking about is is like we're not trying to be a sports podcast. However, <laughs> it just comes out a lot, you know. Well, and, and it's that, you know, it's it, it's seasonal kind of a thing, too, because, you know, hey, it's it's the fall, you know. If you're listening to this podcast, it's Labor Days just went, just came and went, you know, and so that's a real shift. We're not into summer any longer. We're into the fall season, and a lot of things just seem to lock back into place, and and life kind of picks up, and things happen in the School fall. School start again. Yeah. Everyone kind of gets into more of a long term rhythm again. Yeah. yeah. So what? So what? Anything exciting this week? What have you been into? What have you been reading? And then let's talk a little bit about fall and how that how we that shifts for us. But what do you what have you been into this week, man? You know, this week has just been uh, I don't know if you can relate to this, just a bit of catch up. It just feels like uh, just trying to catch up with life, you know, with some work and life and and that sort of thing. Um, but we're actually it's really funny. Uh, we had people over recently and just had a really fun time. And uh, one of our friends was leaving our house. It was on a Friday night, just fire pit, bonfire type stuff. And uh, they were leaving and they were looking at our front lawn. And there, on our front lawn, there's a huge oak tree and a huge silver maple tree. Nice. And so the, every, they, they looked at it, they're like, what? There's leaves on the ground. Well, how is there always leaves on the ground at your guys' house? You know, it's August. <laughs> and I say that because these two trees ruined my fall. I would say, I don't know, 40% of the days in fall between mid to late August to late October, I'm talking three or four days a week, I got to clean up leaves. Because the thing about my oak tree is the leaves don't fall all at once. Oh, yeah. They, they fall over like three months. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, when we talk about fall, I'm, I'm just like, oh, man, 
I love the fall season. I like the colors. I like the change. I like all that stuff. I love, you know, things we talked about before, like football and, and sure. sports. October is my favorite month as a kid because it was my birthday, but also it was when all four major sports are actually playing. Yeah. So sure. hockey, baseball, uh, basketball, and um, football. And, fo- and football. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's all clouded. So, so by the level of leaf cleanup that I have to do. <laughs> so uh, I love it. I love it. I wait to the so this will give you a little insight to Sean and I's the difference in our personalities. Sean, I know you probably like you said you stay right on top of those leaves three times a week. You're out there getting them. It will look like a leaf explosion at my house <laughs> when I finally decide to do something. <laughs> They'll be like a foot deep of leaves, and every house in the street will be perfectly neat and manicured. I'll be like, right. okay, I got to either get out there or hire a teenager to get out there and get rid of these leaves. You know, one one year, this is like maybe six or seven years ago, um, we had an early winter. It just, winter came quick. We had like an early snow, maybe like in November. I forget when it was. Right. But it was to the point where like I, my my yard wasn't fully cleaned up on leaves yet because they were really coming down and then it snowed. And so it snowed and I and basically these these a few areas of my front lawn had like a patch of leaves on it all winter long because it just <laughs> snowed and then got wet and it was just one after another where I was like, okay, like there's just some areas that I'm not going to clean up. Right. And, uh, and, w- and when the fall came around, and I did clear clear them up. All the grass was dead underneath. Yes, gone. The yellow brown grass. Yeah, my neighbor comes <laughs> over and, and and like I didn't really know him well at the time, and he, he's a, he's actually a great guy. Uh, but he came over and, and like it was one of his first interactions with me. This God, yeah, this is gosh, this is six seven years ago, and uh, he's like, "You got grubs." I was like, "What?" <laughs> and he was he was just explaining. He's like, "Yeah, you probably got grubs from uh, those leaves that killed oh, yeah. the grass there." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, okay, oh, yeah, so I guess I got to address it." That's awesome. Now, Sean, you are a Philly guy, born and raised. I'm a Midwestern Columbus guy, born and raised. So when when it comes to the fall, I'm not much of a hockey guy. You know, I'm a little bit of a baseball guy, you know, a little bit of a basketball guy, but I am a football guy. Mm -hmm. So for you, was it all pro sports because you're, you know, you grew up in Philly or when did, you know, is it college now? I know you went to university here in Columbus. So what is it for you now? Uh, it's probably both. Yeah. I really enjoy both. Um, we do something, uh, some of my like family and extended family, we have a football, uh, fantasy football league. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, sure. And so it's pretty cool. So like the winner of it gets like some sort of like advantage or prize at Christmas when we all get together. <laughs> nice. You know, it's like you might be last in the white elephant gift exchange. So you get to choose whatever you want. So that's really fun because it kind of keeps, keeps us connected a little bit. And uh, right. I really enjoy that. I, I'm again, I like doing the management stuff of like managing your team and like, <laughs> so for me, that's, do. that, that's like how I mostly probably engage with like professional, like NFL uh, football in the fall. Um, but obviously we live in Columbus, Ohio, right. and it's a pretty big college town. And so I, I'm, I went to Ohio state. And so as a result, you know, after going, after going to a big university like that, just the sort of, yeah, the fandom definitely takes hold and you can't help if you live in this area or Ohio right. to kind of yeah, root for the Buckeyes. Yeah. That's the, if you grew up, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a Buckeye fan. I went to Ohio state. My wife went to Ohio state. So 
you know, uh, she, gra- she graduated from Ohio State. So, you know, it's just it's just who we are and, and everything. And uh, you probably were an Eagles fan then growing up. Yeah, yeah. I was an Eagles okay. fan growing up. And, and your big rivalry was, was it the Cowboys? Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it is, not was. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> is, not was, is still a rivalry. Yes. Okay. Well, I, uh, again, Ohio State. And then I actually became... <laughs> It's a great story. I became a Browns fan. Yeah, how did you become a Browns fan? Out of Teenage Rebellion. So it was (laughs) nine. So you got to go back. It was 1980, 81, 82. I'm 11, 12 years old. My whole family is Bengals fans. My dad, my brothers, all Bengals fans. And I'm like, I'm feeling my oats, you know. The Bengals are terrible. Kenny Anderson's a terrible quarterback. I mean, they're they're just, they lose all the time. I'm like, and the Browns are winning. They're doing pretty good. Cardiac kids, man, you know, Brian Seif and Nazi Newsome. And I mean, they're, you know, they're winning the division. I'm like, you know, <clears throat> I don't need to be a fan just because my whole family's a fan. I'm going to be a Browns fan. So out of Teenage Rebellion, I became a Browns fan. And <laughs> I've suffered for 30 Paying years, price man. Ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched my dad go to two Super Bowls. <laughs> Give the Browns fans a lot of credit, though. I mean... They're some of the most loyal hey, fans I've ever seen. It's not easy being a Browns fan. Anybody it's, can yeah. be a Steelers fan. They win all the Just time. Take the easy way out. Anybody can be, you know, these other. T- you can be anybody can be a Patriots fan. They win all the time. It takes a lot of perseverance to what be. What have a Browns. you learned from being a Browns fan? Long suffering, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Long suffering. I have learned that Cleveland is a master of snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My daughter, so she's she's actually my daughter's more of a football fan than my son. My son is that right? Yeah, and so she goes with me. Usually, we go once a year to a Browns game together. And then when she was about 11, 12, 13 years old, she started watching games with me. And like the Browns would be winning in the th- second and third quarter, and she'd be like, "Daddy, we're gonna win this one." And I'd just be like, "No, just wait, just wait." <laughs> And lo and behold, last second field goal, throw an interception, bam, lose the game. <laughs> just, just, just wait for the pain. Yeah, just wait. But now, you know, speaking of speaking of your daughter, what what was a highlight? I think you just went up to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, give me a yeah. highlight. Just give me one highlight for you. I've never been there. It's it's located uh, where right beside Cleveland Stadium, okay. right, right beside First so Energy Stadium, like right Cleveland. on the lake, right literally downtown, literally, you know, parking lot, and then the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A lot of fun. <clears throat> um, highlight for me was the history and influence of um, of African American music on rock and roll, the history, mm. the influence of of, of, of people who you didn't, would think were outside country music on rock and roll. There's a whole wing, a whole section about the historical significance of folk music, bluegrass music, gospel music. You know, um, in one wing, it was really interesting. They had, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, that, that kind of that honky tonk '60s rock and roll, and then in the very next wing they had um, his cousin, the the televangelist that was talk, showing clips of him talking about against mm. it. That the guy that oh, what's his name from the '80s that um, that had the kind of the big notable fall or whatever, but uh, um, oh shoot, 
I can't think of his name right now. But anyway, it, it's just interesting. They kind of showed some of the history and, you know, the, the Beatles and, and, and their, their influence and how, you know, culture went crazy and, and Elvis and, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis and these guys that kind of launched what was kind of country folk music into more of a pop. You know, it was, mm. I, I, that's what I like. That's yeah. the nice thing. You know, I was a little underwhelmed because a lot of my generation, I just didn't, I just overlooked and didn't see, like, I didn't see a lot of Elton John. I didn't see a lot of Billy Joel. I didn't see a lot of um, kind of those late seventies, eighties rock pop. I, people that I followed, there's just mm-hmm. not a lot of representation there for mm-hmm. me, but I had a blast. We had a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, for awesome. sure. But anyway, so yeah, fall football, all this stuff, and so you're doing something that that I I, I don't know if I fully understand. You compete in these things called CrossFit. What okay. is a CrossFit competition? Because uh, yeah. I drive by these these workout facilities and I mm-hmm. see people flipping tires, Just doing crazy, stupid, things. and lifting <laughs> ropes and smacking them, you know, and chains and all this stuff. So what is actually CrossFit is like alternative weightlifting? Yeah, I guess you know there's like there's a lot of definition of it. It's varied movements, constantly varied at different repetitions at different weights, and it's like in- interval intensive interval yeah, training yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where. Um, it's you can scale so you can like change the workout for okay. your fitness level yeah um but it's it's a mix between like cross training weightlifting and high intensity workouts okay so but like th- this is not like where they run in the mud and all that kind no, of stuff no no it's not like obstacle course races or okay. anything like that okay and like flipping tires and things like that like chains that's a little bit more rare at least at least like in my experience okay um but it happens sometimes as far yeah. as like flipping tires it's just one of those but it's like working it's out with kettlebells and stuff yeah, yeah 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 kettlebells dumbbells barbells okay um a lot of stuff on a rig so things like pull-ups or toes to bar and different nice. kind of movements when you're on a rig muscle right. ups, things like that so, cool yeah it, yeah but you definitely see it's definitely one of those things where uh it's funny uh we talked about this before like workouts generally physically or otherwise mentally um start when you want to quit it's just right. that idea yes. that's where like the workout oh, starts you have yes. to choose to do it i mean it's just su- super applicable to work and and in life and situations that you're in where it's really easy to quit, but that's actually where the work begins is choosing to continue choosing yeah, to engage. Absolutely. Um, and so CrossFit is one of those things that, um, I don't, I'm, you know, it's, there used to be this thing is like the first rule of CrossFit is always talk about CrossFit. It's just one of those things. Cause everyone used to talk about it who went there and I like, I never talk about it. Um, because I just really enjoy the experience of it. Okay. I'm, I'm not a very good, uh, evangelist for CrossFit, <laughs> but it's cool. I really love it. And we do these things called hero events. And so for those who don't know what that is, a hero workout is really cool. Actually. It's one of my favorite parts about like the CrossFit community Right? is they're for fallen soldiers. Oh, that's cool. So, so, um, military men and women who are, uh, killed in action, who paid the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. There are workouts that are, um, after their honor, and so uh, a workout, a hero workout is named after a hero, and it's usually a very hard workout. And the wow. whole idea is that, hey, if they can pay the ultimate price for you, 
um, you can push through a little bit of discomfort and pain for the next 20 minutes. That's and, really cool. And so it's very connected to military, which I just, I really think oh, is awesome. That, that is so awesome, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So so we're doing a, a workout this weekend that's like a CrossFit event. And so it's nice. one of those real long ones. But it's one of those things where, you know, you just, you, you do it. And then afterwards, you're so glad you did. Awesome. During is not super fun, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 uh. I was always, I was just so curious about it. Cause I, you know, when I played sports way back in the day, we just classically lifted in regular, in a gym, you know, with weights and that kind of thing. But I know that that whole world has shifted greatly yeah. over the last 25, 30 years for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're into fall and, and, and things shift and people, and we kind of lock in to a different, it's a different meter of our life. You know, summer people vacation and there's, you know, we spend a lot of evenings outdoors, that kind of stuff. And so how, how do you lock for you, Sean, how do you literally focus lock in? How, how do you make that shift? Um, people are shifting, you know, maybe they didn't go to church all summer, you know, and okay, now it's time to get back to going to church and, you know, or maybe, uh, you know, they, that work, work is going to shift or school starts back up and I got to buckle down and got to get going, you know, yeah. uh, what's yeah. some ways when you've been in that kind of summary mode that, that helps you to lock in? Yeah. You know what? I don't even, I, I think, I think for what helps me, um, is just discovering something to be like newly incentivized about. Like, what am I excited about? Like, what am I excited about doing? Um, I'll give you a funny story is one day, uh, out of nowhere, and this happens on a fairly regular basis, way more than people would ever probably believe me is my wife will just say something that's very sort of random. It's something like she'll say something that she's been thinking about for the last like 45 minutes and I, we and she'll just say it. We out haven't loud. been discussing it at all, and she'll just say something. It's been in her brain. It's been floating around in there. It got fully um, uh, fermented to be shared, and now it's time. And so, to give you an example, what what she said uh, two three days ago, out of absolutely nowhere, she goes, "Pumpkin donuts." I was like, "What?" And she's like. Yeah, pumpkin donuts, and then started talking about something else. And I was like, "Wait a second, what about pumpkin donuts?" She's like, "Oh, I just remembered that pumpkin donuts are a thing in the fall." I was like, "Do you want to go get pumpkin donuts?" She's like, "No." I was like, "All right, I'm just I'm just trying to track with you here." And so, so I say that because it's like incentivizing things, like you know, seasonal things are really fun. So, like, so again, like being outside in the like crisp weather for me is really like an enjoyable time of the right. year. Yeah. So that means that like, I'm going to do things in the morning or in the evening and try to schedule my day so that I can enjoy that before it gets dark. But getting back into the swing of things is really just finding like, what am I excited about in this season that might feel like a little bit less freedom because you're kind of get back into, so to speak, a rhythm, a schedule. And it's just like, what do, what, what do we really love to do? Apparently I, I'm definitely going to be on the search for the world's greatest pumpkin donuts with there Rachel. Well, well, first of all, I got to say, I completely relate with your wife, 100%. <laughs> I do that all the time. It drives my wife crazy because like I'll be processing a whole thought process and then I'll come to the conclusion and I'll just say it out loud. Yeah. And my wife's like, what in the world are you talking about? What? <laughs> so I'm just over here dying laughing because I can completely relate because I have that inner monologue goes with me all the time. Mm. I, I'm, my, my, I'm my best conversationalist. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm and always just kind of bring someone into yeah, it. Sometimes I just include others around me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> totally true. She definitely does that. I mean, to an, awesome, extent, to an extent, we're always thinking about something that we're not saying, but then it's like, it's just really funny how sometimes it just comes yeah. out at an odd moment. Awesome. And, and, but, you know, so I think, I think one is just kind of for me personally, I'm, I can be a creature of habit. And sometimes habits are really good. And sometimes I have to get out of it because right. you, you start to get a little, you know, kind of crispy around the edges, a little burnout, a little bit yeah. like, okay, I need something else just to change a pace right now. And so for me, getting into kind of the traditional fall season is an opportunity for me to look at um, some of my habits, like j just some of my daily rhythms um, mm -hmm. and, and, and kind of you know, finding ways to be more efficient at it because it's kind of a countdown. I don't know if you feel this way, but I think it's like, uh, the the end of October, we change the clocks. Right. And so it's like a countdown. We it's only have like, back. Yeah. yeah, like we have two more months about of kind of longer sunny days. And then when that, when that clock comes back, it's dark at five 30 and it's dark. just like, dang it. That is not awesome. So, <laughs> so finding out like how to do things well to enjoy this season, like weather wise is something that um, is helpful for me to kind of motivate yes. me to get back into that, that lane I, of rhythm. What I about guess, you? I guess I'm the exact opposite, <laughs> of course, <laughs> because for me, I'm just kind of always one of these, I take life as it comes at me kind of guys, you know, I, I don't put a whole lot of thought into the processes and, and whether I'm optimizing th this or that. I just kind of, I just kind of go through life, you know? Um, but I have, I'm married to someone who is very much an administrative process, optimization, list maker, the whole nine yards. I mean, keeps me focused, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm very grateful for it. And so it kind of alluding back to your conversation about, you know, your wife and the pumpkin donuts, it's important for us in, in a relationship. In, in, when you have a committed relationship, marriage, you know, you need to learn to know the other person, you know, mm -hmm. because then you can begin to understand where they're coming from and why they say the things they say and why they do the things they do. You know, my wife and I years ago, um, we're just really struggling in our marriage and, and just really, and, and so I was a pastor at the time and I'm like, good grief, I'm struggling in my own marriage with my wife and all this stuff. And so I, I literally started getting on the internet and looking around like, is there any kind of marriage conference or <laughs> what's yeah, going, what's yeah. going on in the area here? Right. And so I, I, I saw that Gary Smalley was having a con a marriage weekend okay. here in Columbus. Yeah. And so I brought it up to the church. Hey, how many couples would like to go to a marriage conference? I made it out as a ministry thing, right? You know, and uh, when when I my wife and I needed it desperately, kind of deal. So we went to this marriage conference, and he introduced me to the very first time to the kind of that Myers Briggs, the the personality profiles, and he did it in a real simple categorizing people as either lions, otters, beavers, or retrievers. Okay. You know, and like the lions are your dominant A-type personalities. Your 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 otters or your beavers are your, you know, your task completers, your workers, your line upon line people. And he related them to the animals. Like a beaver will work all day on that dam and make sure it gets done. And he'll bring all the twigs and he'll make sure they're placed exactly where they need to go to get that done. The otters are the social, playful, you know, we're going to get the job done, but we're going to have fun in the process of doing it. And we got, we get energy from people, you know, and then you have the retrievers that are very loyal and very, you know, honoring and very just, you know, and so he kind of laid out and I discovered, oh my gosh, I'm an otter. My wife's a beaver. We kind of have a secondary lion in both of us. And I began to understand mm. 
this is why she is, and this is this is this is what she, I, these are the things that I need to do to make deposit in, in deposits into her life mm. in a positive way, yeah, and not react wow. negatively when she's just going to do something, you know, when she's going to react in a way that's foreign to me, mm-hmm. you know. My wife's love love language is acts of service, okay, you know, yeah. doing something, not yeah. just talking. And mine's maybe words of affirmation because I'm a social person, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. And so I began to understand. And it literally saved our marriage. It saved mm. our lives, wow. you know, and, and really helped us to move forward because I began to really take the time. This is probably 10 years into our marriage, you know. It began to understand, oh, okay, I really like Rhonda. I love Rhonda. And we, we are really great together at times, but there are times we drive each other nuts, and we didn't know why. Wow, yeah. And, yeah. and just that simple you recognizing already you know, my wife, she just has this inner monologue and she's just going and then it just comes out. You, you gotta know? be ready for it. <laughs> you just gotta be, you know, that's just, it's, you just need to know each other. You need to learn each other, you know? Yeah. So, and, yeah. That's really interesting. So, the personality profile assessment broke them down into lions, otters, beavers, and retrievers. Yeah. Wow. And it made it real simplistic. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's, it's very broad stroking and very simplistic. And, uh, but I, I went on, I I went on later to do a lot of retreats and I would teach these principles to couples and stuff, you know, Mm. and I would bring the furry animals, I'd bring the animals and to kind of visually reinforce that. But you learn, you know, Gary, Dr. Gary Smalley has a whole set of lists about, you know, characteristics of a lion, you know, a lion, we need lions because they're going to get the, they're going to lead the charge. Right. You know, now there may be casualties in their wake, Mm -hmm. but they're going to get the job done. You need those lions. But at the same time, man, you need retrievers. You need people that are going to be loyal. They're going to be committed. They're going to stick by your side. They're not going anywhere, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, you know, and uh, they're going to be kind of the glue. They're going to fill the spots. You need the otters to make keep everybody fun. Make it make let's, let's enjoy this while we're doing it. You know. Yeah. And you need the beavers to help plan it out. You know, to recognize this is not the most efficient way to do this. That drives an otter crazy, right? Mm. Let's just throw the sticks until the dam's built. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But a beaver's like, no, 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 no. This let's, let's do let's be let's do this efficiently mm. and just realize that's kind of how we're wired. You know. So yeah. So so discovering how you were wired versus how your wife was wired. Was there more benefit, just curious of your experience, of discovering yourself or discovering her or pretty both, like both equally? Well, that's a great question. It it really first was me because now I knew where my impulsivity came from. Okay. Now I knew why I had a different hobby about every six months. I was into something different, you know? And then I actually ended up going back to school to get my degree in this to really understand this a lot better. And I, then I began to understand, oh, that's why I'm that way. And then I began to realize, man, I know a lot of pastors that are ENFPs. I know a lot of pastors that are otter lions. I know a lot of pastors, you know, and I began to recognize instantly, oh, that guy, he, he doesn't mean something. He's, it's not personal toward me. He's just a lion. Mm-hmm. He just had to get it out. Right. You know, and he doesn't want me to take 12 minutes to say what could be said in 30 seconds. Yeah. He wants the high level points and yeah. what's going to be done and move on. He's not being impatient. He's not being impatient. being impatient. Yeah. There's they, they, that's just how they're wired to exactly to, to receive information. Yes. Yeah. And so when I began to learn about expressive languages, receptive languages, all those kind of things, and then begin to understand my personality, her personality. Now, Grant, we still argue. We, st- but I know instantly why. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. Wow. 
Very cool. What, what kind of resources would you give people or you point someone to who would want to, you know, maybe take that journey themselves or at least start to explore things like the disc or Myers-Briggs yeah, or... Absolutely. So, so, uh, well, Gary Smalley's books are great uh, on the four personality types. You can just Google that. Yeah, yeah. And there's the free online assessment. And you just answer those questions, and it will be like, you know, oh, okay, I am i didn't realize I scored a 40 in, in Otter, but only a, a 2 in Retriever. You know, like my, my Otter score was like 40 out of 45, yeah. and my Beaver score was like 7 out of 45. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of a deal. Yeah. And and then, when she, we, then so that's where I would start. I would just Google Dr. Gary Smalley personality profiles. Um, that's a great place to start. But then you get into your love languages and some of those other thoughts. Um, and then the deeper side of it is the, the disc test, the personality, the Myers-Briggs, those kind of things, you know. Yeah, now, yeah. You know, I have some people that I've I've taken through some of these courses, and they're like, "Well, I scored forty five on all of them," and I'm like, "Okay, you are the perfect you, human you being. You need to have your wife <laughs> fill this out for you, and there not you, go. you. There you go. This is who you are, not who you want to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Self assessments they they really don't don't give you much if if you're trying to project who you'd like to be. Yeah. But when you do really kind of you know kind of raw and honest with yeah. yourself of really who you are. Well, I think that's when you get the most benefit out of it. And what I found with personality tests is that if you're honest, you're like say you're going to score 40 in a lion and 22 in otter, right? And out of 45 and 45. And then if your spouse takes it for you and answers for you, she's going to score you generally 42, 43 in lion and a little bit low because she's going to your spouse always notices the, the differences in you. Right. And so somewhere between those two scores is the real okay. is, is how you really are. Yeah. yeah her yeah. her score is going to be a little jaded because all she's going to or his score is going to be a little jaded because all they're going to recognize is the, you know, the things that are opposite or different from them. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And, and then you're gonna you're gonna kind of be like, well, I'm really this and really that, and so, um, yeah. So it, it's kind of. Those two can kind of be a good hybrid for somewhere in the middles where you really are. That's G awesome. Yeah, Gary Smalley would be a great place to start. Gary Smalley, that's awesome. Yeah. I know that every time I take those, I, I've taken probably, I mean, probably 15 years of those. Once every, I don't know, four or five years, like a different one, a disc, a Strength Finders 2.0, yeah. I thought oh, yeah. was excellent. Um, the Myers-Briggs type stuff. I'm always surprised if when I take one, the same test, um, maybe, maybe like two years apart or so, it slightly changes. Sure. I've noticed it like slightly changes, but it doesn't radically change. Right. So I mean, there's areas maybe that I've grown in or areas yeah. I still haven't grown in. Um, and so I, th I enjoy taking those from time to time. I know Rachel and I, we, we, we took the disc and we're, we are the hundred percent the opposite of like in each, like one almost. Which like, is wonderful. Like we, we like, it's really funny because it's like her <laughs> eye, which is like the kind of, for lack of a better word, kind of the outgoing people person right. driven by, um, relationships, not by tasks, is is incredibly high, and I'm I can be very task focused. I love doing tasks. Right. It's just, it's I love people, but you know what drives me often are those like tasks to do to complete. And oddly, yeah. it's it's a lot of completing tasks for myself and for people. So I feel like I'm an, I'm a secret eye because I'm doing it for people, <laughs> but. Um, but but her, her eye is really big, mine is really low, and when we went through ours, we found, oh, okay, cool, like, that's really good to know about me and really good to know about you, like you said. Yeah. And it's really helped kind of, 
I don't want to say this in the wrong way. It's just how properly place expectations on relationships. Exactly. Uh, of like, you know, what some what someone is capable of doing, what they're not capable of doing. Yeah. Things like your team you're with or like employees. It, it's just super huge. Even friends like discovering that a little bit over time with somebody. But man, if you, <laughs> you know, if you know their personality assessment, it really makes it, 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 it gives you an advantage of communication. Like how yeah. you best get communicated to now I have a responsibility to communicate to you the way that I know that you best receive communication yeah. instead of me staying the way that I want you to receive communication. How, what, how are you wired or how are you really uh, kind of shaped to best receive communication? Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And so, yeah, and that's great because opposites usually attract, you know? And so I, I, I say all the time when I did marriage counseling, I used to say, um, if two couples are identical, one of you is not needed in this relationship. Hmm. You know, where are your differences and how have you recognized them? And, and what are you, how, how do you draw on each other's strengths? That kind of thing, you know? Really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I didn't know we were going to go on to that show. That, that was really cool to learn. <laughs> yeah. That was really cool to learn. Awesome. Well, you know what? That's, that's about the end of our time for this week. So I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks Excellent. for joining us today, everybody. Yeah, thanks for checking us out. And uh, you can find us on social media. But if you literally just Google Two Slices Podcast on any podcast, I mean, whether it's Google, Spotify, Spotify, you can say, hey, Alexa, turn on Two Slices Podcast. There you go. And we're right there. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. We'll see you guys next time. See you.